Welcome to the Pastor's Roundtable, the podcast where we pull apart and deconstruct the habits, routines, and tactics of great men and women of the faith. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Roundtable. I'm your host, Ryan Latham, and uh, I am here with a longtime great friend, Greg Rodell, uh, who is the pastor of Bethel Christian Assembly in Alpine, California. So, Greg, thanks for uh, joining us, man. Absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure, honor to be here. Not, not a lot going on right now, so. <laughs> well, that's not true. There is a lot going on. <laughs> you know, I had some free time, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, why don't you, uh, just for some context, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your journey, and uh, I'd love to just kind of hear, share with everybody who doesn't know you as well as I do, a little bit about your background. Well, I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. Again, thanks, thanks for inviting me to be on, and hope to be an encouragement to you. I've been uh, uh, in ministry now like uh, 34 years, and I uh, spent 17 of it in uh, the Central Valley of California doing youth ministry, and then, um, and then I, I got demoted to senior pastor um, about 17 years ago. So I've been a senior pastor now down in East San Diego County. So it sounds amazing. It sounds beautiful and sunny, but it snowed up here last night. So um, Are you hello. serious? Yeah, I'm looking for locusts and, uh, and toads and stuff that come out in the next couple of days with everything that's going on. But wow. anyway, but we've been here for 17 years, senior pastor, and and leading the church here and just uh, again we're I, I have to admit thank god for uh, the world of coaching nowadays because back in the early days i didn't know what i was doing and everybody, i think everybody knew that uh, now i don't know what i'm doing but they know i'm being coached so it's it's all good coaching's amazing that's awesome yeah so uh, greg and I, I i worked for greg for about three four almost four years uh when we were just getting started and uh i was just, I've always said this, Greg, you know, thanks for taking a shot on me, man. We were uh, just in college, uh, you know, newly married, just getting started. And Greg gave us a shot, come out and uh, try and figure some things out. Made about two million stakes, uh, you know, and uh, Greg just loved me through it and uh, gave me a shot, man. So I appreciate it. Um, but uh, why don't you just give us a little bit of context, just kind of of the church. Uh, and you've been there for a while now. What was it like when you got there? Uh, what is it like now? What, and, you know, Alpine is a unique thing. You know, it, yeah. it's a unique city. Um, so just tell us a little bit of the context of all that. Yeah, so um, uh, 17 years ago when I took this over, um, the word revitalization would be totally, I don't know that the people here would have wanted to characterize it that way um, because that might have been admitting something defeatish, if you will, but it was just definitely a revitalization situation. Um, a much older congregation. I actually, I actually pulled out our membership role about three weeks ago, and I was looking on it from the week, the month that I came here, and um, I literally crossed off everybody that had passed away, which was quite sobering. But then I also circled everybody that was under forty when I came here, and I circled six names. So no that'll let, that'll let you know exactly kind of the the crew we have. And then it's East San Diego County, so. I, I don't know the, the best way. Can I, I can describe it after all these years. This is where redneck meets yuppie. And, uh, and it's like there's BMWs and, and um, electric blue, you know, pickup trucks 
with an old lady in a pink hat. And I mean, you'll see everything up here. So it's quite an eclectic group. Um, very much that uh, you could drop this city right. You could drop the city right in the middle of Oklahoma. I think in some ways, um, in terms of uh, a God-fearing, gun-toting, you name it, all that kind of kind of crowd. But just a one, but a warm, wonderful place. And then, of course, because I was young, my wife's young, and uh, and we had a couple young kids. I think just by the virtue of the fact that they made a a good hire, you know, on the face, we began to attract young families just because people saw there was a young pastor leading the way and and so that was well, kind he of also fun. brought in a really good youth pastor right up front yeah that guy i tell you what if it wasn't for his wife i probably wouldn't have hired him so she was my snack buddy we always talked um, about snacks <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny um i mean but it is true um that many people hire me so they can um you know have have sarah along the ride so yeah, it's true she's awesome she's awesome but yeah, we, so again, we've been here for that all this time, um, spent a lot of time um, just kind of preaching love and, and kind of instilling some of the values. And then, uh, and then at some point when the foundation, in a sense, got put together, I felt like we began to kind of move ahead. And, and about um, eight, nine years ago, uh, maybe 10, I began to ask the question about the community. And that was and it wasn't really a negative on, I wasn't trying to assess the other churches in the community in that respect, but my question was, what, what can you tell me? I talked to our, some of our leaders, what can you tell me about any church in our community? And there was almost nothing uh, in terms of response. And then I said, well, what can you tell us about us? And there were a few responses and I said, well, we're all here. So we kind of do know what we're doing, but what, what would the community say about us? And so that question shifted us from really very ingrown, ingrown is probably not the right word, but, but we were very much ingrown, okay. And uh, we, we shifted it and began outreach, doing more outreach, doing kindness task force stuff, going out and just giving water away. And nothing tricky, nothing that anybody hasn't already tried to do, but we weren't doing it. So we thought, well, let's give it a shot. Let's go out and reach out to people. And in that process, at some point we were able to, um, get up get involved with the san diego food bank and do some food distribution with them and uh and that just began you know the ball rolling in terms of um this city and and, and we're a city of about depending on whether you come north or east or west we're thirteen thousand or fifteen thousand. just depends on which sign you want to believe but uh it's not a big city but there's you know several million within uh you know 20 minutes of us and so it's a it's a big community in that respect and um, but very much a, a small community. So when you make a wave in this community, it's, it's noticed pretty quickly to the point that um, we have, you know, actually quite a few homeless, believe it or not. And uh, I would see them from time to time in a store or whatever. And they, you know, they only know me from the food distribution. So they go, hey, pastor. I'm like, that's sweet. That's a cool feeling to have, have somebody holler at. So we were touching lives and, and, uh, and and we kind of did that for quite a few years and i had a, I have a funny story if you want to hear it about yeah. uh, that that food bank situation so uh, real i went to a, a breakfast meeting with a, a a guy that i was discipling we met at this restaurant down in Al Cajon, which is about eight miles uh, west of here and just an old kind of dump restaurant and it was attached to a bar so it's 7 45 8 o'clock in the morning i walked past the doorway of the bar to go into this restaurant. And as I do, this lady comes out that I recognize perfectly. 
from the bar. And uh, she's like, hey, there's my pastor. And uh, they were pretty lit already at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, yes, I am your pastor. That's it. it. It was phenomenal in that sense. And, and please don't get all weird and legal on me, but I loved it. It just let me know we were reaching the right people. And, uh, and that was just a, it was, I just laughed and chuckled. That was hilarious. So, but yeah, that's, a, that's, we started doing that. Then we, the reality of it is we did that for a few years and it became problematic. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the problem was we were, uh, the, the way we were doing it. So we brought stuff into the building and before you knew it, we had critters. And, uh, and that wasn't, we can't have cockroaches in the, in the nursery or no a rat running. Yeah. And so it was, so we literally had to shut it down, uh, spend a couple of years. Well, not, it didn't take a couple of years, but we spent a little bit of time, you know, getting all the critters gone. And then we took some time to assess how we were doing it and just retooled the entire thing. And I'm telling you in October, we restarted that ministry and it has just been amazing. Absolutely amazing. So. That's great. That's great. I, I, I love all that. So, I mean, Greg, as we're talking, um, we're in the midst of this COVID-19 thing. And uh, I mean, your church is a few hundred, um, right? And in a, a, a smaller city, um, about 20, 25, 30 minutes outside of San Diego. Um, and before all this happened, let's jump back um, a couple months ago. What was your online presence at that point as a church? Uh, we, you know what, we had our website. That's about it. We would do Facebook from time to time. I would jump on and do a Facebook live to try and generate interest this direction. Um, but that's, that's really it. We, you know, an audio podcast would be uploaded on a Sunday afternoon for the you know, maybe five people that listen to it. I don't know. <laughs> you know yeah. I, I've never seen the analytics. I just don't, I'm not sure. But, you know, you do certain things we're doing, uh, you know, all the pastors out there know what I'm talking about. We do certain things because sometimes we're afraid not to do them. Like, I mean, we have an ad in the paper, but like, I think we have a thousand people that read our paper, but, and kind of like, I don't want to not be there in case somebody moves to town. So right. there's a lot of things like that that we're, we do. And we just, you know, uh, you, know you definitely have to, worry about cost but our online presence was was um, yeah. pretty minimal now i mean like most churches like most churches um you know a website podcast you know every once in a while a facebook live thing so i mean greg you're you're uh you're, you're not a 30 year old millennial that grew up online what right uh, i mean <laughs> shocker right sorry um but you know i mean you're not that and so um, what's that been like for you to go from essentially, um, not being online necessarily in, in terms of you, your, 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 at least on video and stuff mm -hmm. to now that's all you're doing. So what has that process been like for you guys? Uh, honestly, it's, uh, for me personally, it's been uh, crazy. In fact, I think you might be able to see the question mark. It's my, my dad, I'm, I'm. It's the, the spinning wheel, the, the spinning wheel. That's perfect. I should superimpose that right now because I've had that spinning wheel quite a bit in the last uh, two weeks. Um, but yeah, the challenge is just, you know, I, my encouragement is, you know, connect with who you can connect with um, that, that's younger than you. Uh, if you're, if you're my, I'm 55. So if you're my age or whatever, if, and some of you guys are way sharper than I am. I, I, I think I'm pretty technological. I have been completely clueless when it comes to the streaming world and uh, I'm learning more and learning words and phrases that I never knew, but, but 
the key thing there is for me at least is leaning on some folks that know what they're doing and and then the reality of it is a lot of times because it's somewhat new to them as well because they haven't been doing it they know the technology but now but starting to do it and implement it and putting streaming services in recording stuff live and all that it, it, when we go to start executing we realize that even some of my quote-unquote experts we find out really quickly what they don't know and so we're all learning together we're doing our best um, I, you know I really believe that it's not about perfection right now um, even right now it's like I got a door in the background I got a little whiteboard there it's like my forehead shining it's not about perfection um, but it's about presence it's about people want to know that we care and I just want to encourage you know pastors and uh, the, the you know, people just, they do, they just want to know that you're caring. You're giving it a shot. And, uh, and, and uh, I thought of this too, shout out to all you pastors out there that, that didn't have to close because your group's so small that you didn't have to close. And in all honesty, my heart goes out to you. I, I keep going. Don't quit, man. Go for it. I, I'm almost jealous. You got to meet. Um, and so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a it's a double-edged sword in a big way, all of a sudden to be a big church. And then, uh, and then even imagine the large, I think of larger church, everything's contextual, but uh, larger churches that, you know, I mean, they may even have a million dollar a week budget for all I know for some of these churches. And like, I don't know how we're going to do it. I do this, God's in control. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep smiling, but uh, it's been definitely a challenge to figure out how to adjust and adapt ministry for these times. Yeah. So talk to us, just what are some of the things that you are doing online right now? What do you, I, mean, I know it's by the time we even put this up, it's going to change, but I mean, what are some of the things you're doing right now? For sure. Well, we were, we were a little later to the game than, than a few folks, but that was because I was trying to get the technology down. But beginning this past Wednesday, we started a kind of a calendar of online uh, daily events. And, and, and I think there's a balance to that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but my opinion is, there might be a balance to that. I don't think people want us to invade their lives for the next several months with online stuff and all that. I mean, people still have lives, even though in a way they don't because they're stuck at home, but, but what can we do to get into their home and, and maybe just augment whatever they're doing. So um, we did like a Wednesday night worship time and it was me with my guitar and right here. And then I spent maybe 20 minutes doing a little devotion and I had a, a solid crowd that was online with me and that was cool. And then, you know, we did some stuff with the kids yesterday and uh, my wife. But I mean, Greg, I, let me just say, you know, for those that are watching, I mean, just, um, you know, I, I, I tuned in for a little while. And um, the thing that I really appreciate about, about you, you, you've always been good at this, but it's just you um, and you're authentic and you're real. And, um, you know, you're, you, you push go live or whatever and it's you and you're like hey sorry guys i'm still trying to set up i'm a one-man show and you know you're kind of still got you know it's not super polished it's not you know all there and you know it, you're just doing what you can with what you have and you're being honest about it you're being real about it you're not trying to have it all figured out you're just Hey man, this is your pastor um, trying to do what I can't, right? And yeah. you're being honest about that, and you're being real about it, um, and you're just going for it. And you know, I mean, you're even like, hey, someone, let me know if the audio is going on. You know, like right. I don't even know, like let me know if the audio is working, right? And so I just think that that is something that's an encouragement for uh, guys that are out there that are maybe struggling with it. Um, 
I mean, I know you've had some, a lot of issues and, and you've been kind of honest about that. So what have been some of those issues and how have you kind of fought through that? Um, you know, I went live on Wednesday night with our first thing and I, I literally tested everything all day. And, uh, and when I went live, sure enough, didn't have the volume, I didn't have a switch turned on. And so my mic didn't work for the first five minutes online. I'm talking away. I got people commenting. I'm like, oh my goodness, I stopped the thing, started over. And, uh, and then, you know what, people did jump right back on. And, and uh, that was Wednesday night. And I literally just at one point about, I had a couple songs planned. I had a little devotional plan, but in all honesty, I just, I said at one point, I said, well, I'm just going to do what I do when I get along with God with my guitar. Mm. And the unfortunate or fortunate part, because authenticity is authenticity, but I'm a, I'm a crybaby, man. I'm like, it, even just visiting with my friend Ryan here, it's just, you know, emotional in some ways, but, but I got about three songs in and I'm kind of trying to worship the Lord and I'm weepy and can't even get a note out. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. And at the same time, whatever, it's who I am. And so that, I think that's the key. Like I, I had several people comment, thanks so much. And I'm like, I listened back. I'm like, yeah, there was a good note. Well, that was a great flat note. You know, it's like, so my, it wasn't about the voice. It wasn't about the, what the guitar was into. It was just, you know what? I just wanted to praise God for a few moments in front of some people. And, and yeah. actually, I think I got emotional when I just forgot about the podcast or the, uh, the, the meeting, the Facebook live. And, and I just, I just said, you know, I'm going to get along with God. I did. And I just kind of took everybody along for the ride. So um, anyway, that's, that's one of the things that's happened recently. Yeah. And then you, um, you, you were telling me that you are now doing zoom for some of your men's groups, your, your yep. women's groups, things like that. So I mean, how are those going? Yeah, we did our, our first women's thing yesterday. They had a, a solid group showed up last night. I had about a, a dozen guys for my, my guy's life group, which that's great. Cause my normal guy's life groups about five guys, which is perfect. It's a great size, um, to have conversation, but, uh, but as it sits, you know, 12 guys in a room on a zoom call, only four or five even talked anyway. So, um, it, it, but it was, it was awesome. It wasn't awkward. We prayed together. Um, you know, I kind of kept thinking like, what is this going to be like? Cause it's all brand new. I got a bunch of, you know, Brady bunch squares on my screen and, 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 and you, you know, who's talking to what's it, you know what, it, it's all working out. It's all working out. But the, the key thing there was it just the, the beauty. We connected for an hour and it honestly went like five minutes. It seemed like it was no time yeah. at all. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you're just trying to figure it out, right? I mean, you're, um, totally. you're just trying to make, make it. So I want to switch gears a little bit yeah. um, to you'd alluded to it earlier, the food distribution program that's kind of catching some wind right now. Um, and so why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what that food distribution is? I mean, I know you alluded to it a little bit earlier, yeah. but tell us a little bit about it, be kind of what it is. Um, and then we'll dive into what it looked like before and then what it looks like currently. So just tell us a little bit about what it is. Well, what we're doing right now, we basically have a food distribution every Thursday. It's, we call it Harvest Thursdays because the majority of the stuff that we get is fresh fruits and vegetables, which is the most, most expensive stuff that people are getting in stores. And so um, we get all this stuff through the San Diego Food Bank and um, uh, just distribute it. And, and what we have been doing over the last several months is um, we have it all set up under, you know, pop-up tents in the parking lot and people walk by with their grocery carts or their grocery bags and they just get what they would like. And uh, if they don't like, you know, rutabagas or whatever, they don't take them. They just leave them for somebody else. But 
when uh, this all started, and, and, and let me back up for a second. So we started this in October-ish, and um, we've been serving about 100 to 120 cars a week. And uh, when I say that, that mostly is a single family. Once in a great while, then we would get, hey, we're two families, we just rode together. Um, and so we would hook them up with double the amount or whatever. But, but um, as soon as this thing hit and we realized we were under massive constraints to keep the social distancing happening and all that, my biggest fear was that San Diego Food Bank wasn't even gonna be available to us. But uh, thankfully they're essential. They're an essential service mm -hmm. that makes us an essential service. That's pretty awesome. And so uh, we connected with our, our, our distributor from the San Diego Food Bank. They said, we're on, we're still going. So we put it out there and our first distribution was a week ago Thursday uh, since this, this crisis has hit. And a week ago Thursday, we did drive through only. And um, so to give you a picture, our parking lot is about 80 car spaces. Um, and uh, which isn't a lot, but it's a, it's a fairly small parking lot. The parking lot of the church across the street is about 20. And uh, we had cars, single file line in a matrix going around our parking lot. Um, and and uh, the very first one, we did over 8,000 pounds of groceries um, and we served uh, 375 cars, I wanna say it was. And the numbers are, numbers are, crazy. I, hey, I'll make some numbers up. Anyway, no, we did 375 cars um, that first week, and a lot of them were carpooling. Um, they would say, yeah, we're two families, and I, and I recognize them from other events, but they, you know, they came together. It was raining, so that helped to make sure everybody stayed in their car, and so as they drove by, we just dropped a bag of groceries in their trunk, or several bags as they went through the, the gauntlet of different items that we had, and uh, there was no everybody had gloves and hands and all that so that was that was the first week we did it well word definitely got out wow. because there's a lot of desperation out there and then yesterday we did our second event and it was 520 535 25 cars something like that um and almost all of them were double families it was wow. amazing because they realized the week before um, the traffic jam so we had the double lines going through our parking lot out on the street and across to the other church. So we actually had to have them stage on the other side of the street and then wave over. We, we'll take five more. It was like we're a bouncer at a bar or something, you know? We'll take five more. We just, as five would leave, five would come, we just kept doing it. So it was, it was crazy. But so the, the couples came this week or the, the families that came this week, a lot of them did carpool because they realized that the traffic jam. And so we literally from about 9.15 till noon, it was nonstop cars wow. and, and I was um, actually took a look at everything that we had at the moment when we got rolling and I did pray with the our team I said hey let's pray for a multiplication miracle because I, I, I personally couldn't see it I just couldn't see how we were going to do it and we ended up having uh, and we actually had a, a, a pallet of lettuce uh, romaine lettuce and we had a pallet of um, I want to say it was apples that were left over I mean we gave wow. away so much but we actually had some left over um, but it, so that's how it's evolved. The news media made it out. Um, uh, one of, I think, six stations that are in town made it out, but it's kind of the one that's, you know, monitored by our local citizens a lot more. So the word got out and then it wasn't very long. Uh, and I would have people driving in and go, hey, we saw you guys on the news. We came on over. 
Wow. Like, oh my goodness. So it was, it was mind boggling. The, the beauty for me was our, our volunteers absolutely adjusted and adapted so quick that we didn't have a glitch. I kept waiting for some, like something to get run over. I mean, we, like if you could have seen it, but there was not a glitch. People jumped in traffic controls, handing out food. It was just amazing. So uh, hats off to all of our volunteers because it certainly wasn't my leadership. I, I just gave them the opportunity and they stepped up. It was huge. So that's great. So I love that. Let's jump back. What, when this whole thing started, obviously you weren't thinking, Hey, we're going to be able to serve people in a pandemic. Right. I mean, so what was the thought process? Why did you even start this food distribution to begin with? Well, even backing up when we initially started an Alpine food bank, we're not calling it that any longer because we don't store anything uh, on premises. But when we initially started it, I actually didn't know that there was the need. Um, I just thought, well, let's just, I mean, because Alpine, again, a lot of folks, uh, I heard somebody describe it as a rich ghetto. Um, a lot of folks have money, um, but it's just like right now, a lot of people have things and items, but if you're not working, you're not making ends meet. So um, we would have people drive up for a food bank and, you know, a Cadillac Escalade, um, but they needed groceries because it is what it is. They just, and so we just very quickly, we, the judgment issue died. We didn't, there was no judgment. It's like, you need food. So, yeah. um, but we didn't know there was a need until we started. And, and then it was like, wow. Um, and so I actually assessed the need to be about a hundred or so families uh, after several years of doing it, it was about 100, 125 families. But now with where we're at currently, and I, and, and quite frankly, I'm a little concerned about next Thursday um, because if we got a, we had a, almost 200 extra cars this last week. And so the word's spreading quickly. Yeah. And, uh, whew, so yeah, y'all can pray for me because it's huge. We will. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so you started this, I mean, so it takes us back, it started out as a food bank where you guys were actually storing food and yeah. making it available throughout the week. Is that true? Yeah, we had uh, we had uh, canned, we had a whole storehouse of canned and, and, and dry goods, and then someone purchases a huge uh, uh, freezer, so we had a stuff that we could freeze in the freezer, and, um, but again, it just became incredibly problematic to store items here within our facility. And, uh, and even just, even just from a um, cost standpoint of running that big old freezer, uh, yeah, all this, it just it became hard. And so uh, again, we just retooled and uh, now it's just uh, way smarter, way harder. And the, the system we had before was a Tuesday, we brought everything in, sorted it all out. Wednesday we distributed it. Now it all comes on a truck by nine o'clock. We pull it off the truck, line it up, give it away at noon sweep up and the parking lot is clean and i'm like what this is so it's it's completely shifted to something that's so doable so manageable and uh and, and i'm just i'm honored that we got involved like you know we, we re-established it back in october and I'm, I'm just thrilled we did that because it set us up for this moment right now it's yeah powerful. so how was that connect how did you build that connection with the the food bank to even negotiate this kind of partnership well we thankfully we didn't have to re-establish our relationship because we did allow our relationship to go and we would have had to do a re-application um, process and all that but we found a local pastor hispanic pastor who had already started a ministry of going to the food bank and picking up stuff and drugs so he has the entire thing so literally he does 
all of the work practically. And it's, you know, he shows up with a truck full of stuff and drops it off. We do all the work and put it all back on his truck and send him away. And it's like, wow. So our relationship with him freed me. Like I'm free to just minister to folks mm -hmm. and walk through the line and talk to people. And uh, it, it's just completely different than what we were doing before where, you know, if I wasn't working and, and if every volunteer, it was all hands on deck, but, but now we've got enough volunteers that I'm able to just minister to folks and talk to them. So um, it, it definitely shifted over the years. So. That's great. So Greg, I don't know if you're here yet. I don't know if many pastors are here yet, but I think they're about to be. Um, but have you begin to think through um, when all this kind of settles down? I don't know that we're going to go back to normal, right? I think I don't know that we're going to go back to what it was in January. I think that we're kind of permanently changed at some level, but have you began to think about um, when we begin to meet in large groups again, people are coming to the church. Have you thought about, Hey, maybe there's some of these online things that we might keep. Completely. That, uh, that realization actually hit me yesterday. I thought, my goodness, there's some tools that, um, that I think a lot of churches are learning all of a sudden, but there's some, some real valuable tools here that I, I just was clueless. And so this, I'm looking at this as a massive godsend um, in, in that sense, because I think that there's some things to help us be efficient in the, in the future in terms of, I don't know, as an example, um, uh, membership classes, um, you know, discipleship stuff that you can do on a Zoom meeting or, or it just uh, some of that stuff is like, this is all new. To, like I'm definitely quite old school in some ways and that I came up through the eighties and the early nineties in, in church life. And so I know the way things flow, but, but man, this is, this has opened up a new world and it could make us massively more efficient. I think um, if we play it right, but there's just some idea. I, and I, I think it's all coming together still. I think there's, probably greater minds in mind that I'm going to be stealing from in the, in the future um, ideas that they've came up with. It was just the perfect, the perfect scenario for, like I said, again, a membership class where you're not having to bring people out on a Sunday for a lunch and they can go through, or even if it's, even if it's three or four sessions where when they finish this session, they can click that they finished and they move on to the next session. I don't know how that all works, but I'm thinking there might be some things here that help us to be more efficient. Um, but I, I, the caveat for me is we can, I think we've got to be very careful to not lose the personal connection. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, what I mean by that is as an example, I encouraged our people, listen, this is the time where we're all socially distanced, of course, but we're not emotionally or spiritually distanced. And so please, I, 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 I'm going to call everybody I can call, but if you know somebody, if you think of somebody, if they come to your mind, pick up the phone and call. And my encouragement was, and I think this is, from the Lord. I won't say it's thus saith the Lord, but my encouragement was don't text them. Pick up the stinking phone and let them hear your voice because, and I get text is the real world now and it's quick to do a text. You don't have to get bothered. And it, but in all honesty, man, pick up the phone and hear the voices. And as an aside to that, yesterday when I was in the food distribution line, so you think two cars on each side and I just walked down the middle and I would just say hi and greet each one. And it was amazing. People were so excited to talk to somebody. Yeah, right. And I was like, I was like, and I, after a couple of cars, I started telling them, I say, hey, listen, I'm just lonely. So I'm looking to talk to somebody. So, and, and they were just kind of laughed and, and uh, you know, we had a few interactions, but 
people, you know, because they've been cooped up. So they're desperate to talk. So my encouragement is as we begin to embrace the technology, I think let's at least be sure we um, consider the personal nature of it and, and the lack thereof if we get too impersonal. So uh, that's my two cents, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, people have been forced online. So a lot of churches that were late adopters are reluctant or scared if, you know, hey, will our people watch it or like, is it worth it? I mean, now they're, they're on, right? And so I think um, you're right. I, mean, I think a lot of churches will continue it. Um, we'll see. Um, but even like you said, you know, membership classes, I think people are going to become more open and aware of saying, man, I can do this online. You know, um, I don't have to go to church or I can do it on my own time because it's pre-recorded. And so, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's good. So, you know, what would you say to somebody that, man, is just feeling insecure about going online and man, I'm not a televangelist. I'm not a Facebook live celebrity. You know, what, what encourage you, encouragement might you give to that pastor that's maybe a little bit reluctant to to go and do this? Well, uh, my encouragement is uh, you're, you're learning and I'm learning. We're all learning at the same time, more, but, uh, and, and it's easy to get intimidated by it. In all honesty, we mentioned it earlier, just be authentic. And the reason why I say it that way is because I, I did a pre-recorded thing early on, like last week, just to let our church know where we were at. And uh, that was, I thought, I, mean, I think it came out okay, but in all honesty, it came out horrible in my mind because there were cuts and edits because I would get a couple sentences out and then I'd stumble over my words. And, and uh, so quite frankly, when I just went Facebook live and I'm sure I'm stumbling over my words, even on this, but, uh, but it's about being real. Right. So uh, when I just go Facebook live and, and go for it, and, you know, spend a few minutes formulating my thoughts and jot some things down and then just go Facebook live, it just seems to work way better. Um, I've had people tell me my own family, you just seem more real when you're live as opposed mm -hmm. to the, you know, when you do the pre-recorded thing. And so, I, yeah, again, I think that's where I, I, uh, I think also I the expectations are a little bit lower too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? yeah, that's true. I think I was just putting too much pressure on myself to be polished. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think and for they, you, the expectations are lower. Cause it's like, Hey, I'm just going live. We're just talking, we're talking, you know, as opposed to, I mean, this is a polished video that I've edited, you know, so the expectations for you and for the listeners or watchers are, are even different. So I think, yeah, I think and, you're right. And probably too, another thing would be just uh, help, help just free yourself up from um, unrealistic expectations, um, your own, but then what people are thinking. I don't, honestly, last night online, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird. My guys were going for it. They didn't feel weird about it. Um, it was just fresh. It was new. It was different. Um, so you're going to, you know, if you're out there and you're struggling with like the insecurity of it all. And like I said, I, I, I get, I'm a massive perfectionist, which turns me into a procrastinator sometimes because if I don't know that I'm going to be able to get it right, I want to put it off, but there's no putting anything off right now. It's go time nonstop. And, uh, and so, um, but because I'm a perfectionist like that, I think through things and I have the perfect picture in my mind. And then when it doesn't come out, like I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my picture behind me right now and it looks like it's crooked, but uh, anyway, but that's what I'm talking about. Stuff like that just, it, it glitches, it glitches in my head. And so just yep. free yourself up from that and get real. And I think the more I free myself up as I'm embracing the new technological age, I'm hoping some, some really good 20 somethings jump in here so that I can really be free. And I just, you know, they just point at me and go start talking. And I'm like, thank you. 
but yeah. right now I'm doing my own technical work. So it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's so good just to see what you guys are doing and you're not waiting for perfection because um, if, if we wait for that, we're never going to put anything out. And so, um, you know, I mean, I know some people have told me just, you know, Hey, just, you just got to do it. Your first couple are not going to be good, <laughs> you know, but uh, if you wait to be good, you'll never do it. And so yeah. you just got to start and you just got to get going and um, people will have grace for you right now. Um, and uh, just keep going out there. So uh, appreciate Greg, all you're doing. Um, appreciate, uh, you know, you just, your willingness to, to try and to keep going and uh, man, what you're doing, we'll have links to uh, kind of the, the news clip that uh, you referenced oh, you know, cool. down in the, in the comments. Uh, so check, check that out. But I uh, really thank you for what you're doing, serving the community um, and uh, just, just helping people out. So hopefully uh, this podcast is helpful. So thanks Greg for jumping on. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Super proud of you guys, Ryan and Sarah and your, Man, your kids, doggone it. You didn't have kids, but now they're like, they're able to, they're beat, old. You up. They're able to beat you up now. That's crazy. I'm not so, old. They are. Yeah, I know. It's the way it goes. But we thank you. Love you guys so much. And we're, uh, we're going to pray for you as you guys pray for us. And, and, uh, and let's, uh, hey, body of Christ, let's stick together. Because what we can control is our smile and our attitude and our, and our faith level. And there's everything else is out of our control. So, uh, you know obviously it's in god's control but that's what we can control so love love you man appreciate you so much thanks for inviting me all right thanks we'll see you all right buddy